Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your co-host, Carrie Borkowski, and I am very excited to be here with my good friend and co-host, Brianne Ruse. Hello, Brianne. Hello, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> so just to give everybody a little context, um, it, you know, you'll probably listen to this at, at different times, but just to sort of set the stage. So it's, it is Friday. Gosh, Brianne, I wasn't sure I had to like think for a second. It's Friday at the end of the week of the US presidential election. And I was just saying to Brianne, cause we meet um, every, every Friday we try to meet and it felt like it's been a year. <laughs> I don't know yeah. about you. Yeah, oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, Brianne and I have the luxury of seeing each other on Zoom and I saw her take a, a big sigh. So it's, you know, 2020, it just, it just doesn't um, disappoint us, right? We have <laughs> coronavirus, we have, um, the, the continued terrible uh, racial injustice and all the other things that come with that. And now, of course, the U.S. presidential election is, I don't know, kind of in a stalemate, maybe. Um, it's gone smoothly, it seems like. It's just a very slow process with the pandemic. So it's just, regardless of political bent and affiliation, it's stressful um, just waiting. So so give us a little grace as you're listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> I would imagine this isn't as polished maybe as it usually is, but we decided, hey, we're going to go with it anyway. So thanks so much for joining us. Um, if you have a chance, we would really love it if you could, um, you know, like us on Spotify or give us a rating on Apple iTunes if you're listening, because that's the way we get some play. We get more um, positive reviews and, and people can listen to us who don't know about us yet. So we have, if you can believe it, Brianne, we have done nine full episodes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a busy fall. <laughs> it has been a busy fall. Um, I, we were just talking about sort of what success looks like during a pandemic. And I think against any measure, nine episodes feels like success. How about you? Yeah. I, yes. I, I mean, when we started, I couldn't think past episode one, really. So <laughs> yeah, it's just absolutely. hard to... I don't know. These, these days and weeks are so long and so full that it's hard to look ahead. I used to be somebody, well, I still am somebody who likes to plan, but I used to plan much more effectively. Yeah. Oh, and I would have had like the whole schedule laid out and <laughs> now it just feels much more kind of in the moment, but that's okay. Yeah. All right. Listeners don't let Brianne fool you. She's still a very good planner. She definitely keeps me, keeps me in order, which I appreciate. And I think the other thing Brianne is, I think it's a good time to say, we're just so grateful for the folks who have come on the podcast because that also really helped get us to nine episodes. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yes, definitely. Um, I think the other cool thing is with, you know, during those nine episodes, we've also dropped a few shorts, um, which, which is, that sounded bad when I said dropped a few shorts. <laughs> <laughs> it actually means I dropped a few, we dropped a few mini episodes. Um, and so that's something new for this uh, season, which I think is great. So if you haven't checked those out, please take a look at those. The other cool thing, if you haven't listened yet, you certainly heard it as you came into this um, episode. We are fortunate to, enough now to officially have a theme song for the podcast, which I don't know. I, I still continue to like it more every time I listen to it. Brianne, what do you think? Oh, me too. Yeah. You had said in the beginning that you hear something different each time you listen to it. And I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I, I, uh, I told Darcy, the, one of the people that, um, created it, that 
every time I listen to it, I wish it was a little bit longer because it feels like it ends too quickly. So it's it's been really fun. So today, what we thought we would do um, is rather than do a whole new episode um, after the nine, we would do a bit of a look back, some reflection. And Brianne, I would be remiss if I didn't say that part of the reason I wanted to do this is um, you know, for listeners who who have been hanging out with us since season one, they know that um, part of the reason I did this podcast was um, really inspired by my grandmother who passed away. Can't believe it'll be a year um, this month. And her birthday was last Saturday. So she is a Halloween baby. Um, and I've talked a lot about my grandmother on this this podcast. And First of all, she loved Halloween. I have so many memories of her scaring the living daylights out of me and my brother. <laughs> she was awesome at ha- Halloween costumes. She actually won a big award at one of her companies when she was working. Um, she, I can remember, and I uh, won't tell too many stories, but I can remember as a kid, I couldn't have been more than in elementary school. And I had a sleepover and we had a basement that has those little windows, you know, where you just can see. And we were sitting downstairs and all of a sudden someone started knocking on the window and we looked up and it's, it was this woman who had a stocking. You remember the pantyhose? Yeah. yeah. I actually used to wear those pantyhose. She had it over her head. And all of a sudden we all screamed <laughs> and she just thought it was a hoot. So, um, so she loved Halloween. Um, as I've said before, she was an amazing listener. And one of the things I learned from her was to be a good listener because she loved to walk down memory lane. She loved, and even as she got older and older and Brian, you could probably speak to this more than I, she could, she still remembered details from law. It's amazing how the brain works, right? Like she couldn't remember things maybe from a week ago, but she knew the house, the place where she was with my grandfather on, you know, December 5th of 19, you know, (laughs) 65 or something. And so I had a lot of uh, really fun times listening to her tell stories about, you know, uh, marrying my grandfather and him going off to war. They owned a candy store. We spent a lot of time swimming in the river. And she was, I don't know if you remember those chairs, Brianne, they were like literally lawn chairs that floated in the river. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. She had one of those that she would throw out into the river and our many trips that we took together. So we thought, um, you know, it being Halloween, being November and being nine uh, episodes in it, it sounded like it was a good time for us to walk down memory lane. Um, even if it is a little bit shorter. So, so today, Brianne and I are going to share, I think we decided on three nuggets um, of sort of wisdom or takeaways that we gleaned from some of the past episodes. Um, we, we don't know exactly what each other is going to say. We didn't do a lot of practicing, so hopefully it'll feel um, more like a conversation. And I've been talking a lot, Brianne, so I'm going to let you share uh, your first takeaway uh, from the episodes, if you would. All right. Awesome. So to prepare for this episode, I did look back at notes and kind of listen to to parts of Mm -hmm. those first nine. And the first episode, we had Dr. Kristen Barber on. And we know Kristen from our other podcast and from, you know, the EDD program at Hopkins. And she is just so great. She's so smart and articulate and just real. 
And I, you know, I sat down, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have all of these things to sort of go through and synthesize. And I got to come up with themes. It felt like qualitative research a little bit. <laughs> and then Kristen handed us this gift or maybe because in true form, she had three words mm. right, right away. Of course, you know, we asked her about, um, you know, belonging and, and how she was in the time. And she said, you know, these three words, dynamic, adaptable, and intentional. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, whoa, that was easy. Great. <laughs> because as soon as she said them, my mind just kept flipping to other episodes where mm. those themes came, came through. So um, thanks and shout out to Kristen for making yeah. this job easier. And then it was kind of fun, honestly, to, to have those themes and then to think about how other guests and, you know, and, and you and I kind of thought about those and, and discussed them. So in my mind, dynamic and adaptable, I kind of put them together. So mm -hmm. I think of something that's dynamic as nimble, like that word comes to mind. So like light and kind of bouncy and quick to change, which lends itself to adaptability. So those things kind of came together a little bit mm -hmm. for me. And Kristen had said um, that pre-pandemic, we were kind of set in our roles and set in our identities. And there was some static nature to that. And Paula mentioned that too, just sort of knowing what to expect and, and, and doing that. And since March, of course, that's changed. So we're wearing a lot of hats and we have to change the hats and um, we wear some of them at the same time. It reminded me of that story from when the girls, my girls were little caps for sale with the guy with all the hats on his oh, head, totally. like, Whoa, trying to balance. <laughs> um, so that's sort of how it feels. And then I was also thinking about what Astrid said. So Dr. Astrid Schmidt King, she used the word or the phrase constant revision when we asked her mm. about belonging, like what does belonging mean to you? And she said, you know, it's not the same. It's something that changes a lot. So constant revision. And she said that her goal is to create a sense of place and belonging for everyone. Mm. And before March, we had physical spaces to help with that. And so that's an example of how we've really had to change. Like we miss those physical spaces so much for us, the quad, our offices, everybody talks about the line at Starbucks because that's a great place to chat with students <laughs> and faculty, yep. you know, study lounges, et cetera. We don't have those places, but we still need the connections that mm -hmm. we felt there. And so we have to be dynamic and adaptable and revise. Um, you know, and she kind of moved from there into the idea of reading a Zoom room versus mm -hmm. reading a classroom and how we have to change our approach there as well. Um, yeah, I really like that. I was saying to a colleague the other day that um, I've been remote for a while. I've been really lucky um, to be remote at Hopkins way before the pandemic. And I said that I never thought I would get to a place where um, I, I don't like being remote. And I think what you're saying is true. It's, it's not that I don't like the remote work. It's that I'm desperate for those other spaces, right? Like it's easy yeah. to be a remote worker when I can go to the Starbucks around the corner or meet a friend, you know, and, and go for a run or something. And when you don't have those other outlets, um, it becomes really hard. Yeah. I love that, that idea of dynamic. And it's so funny. You probably can't see us. Our, our listeners can't see it, but on my iPad, Brianne, I actually have as one of mine, I'm not going to talk about, but I wrote down dynamic slash adaptable. Oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, just like you did. And it's, it's cool that you, I remember Paula mentioning it and this will segue into my first one. Paula actually talked about dynamic, if I'm remembering correctly, in the context of belonging, that she talked about belonging being dynamic. And so I think dynamic is an interesting term because it's dynamic in the sense that the world 
and our experiences are constantly changing. And we are also having to have to respond in a dynamic and adaptable sort of way. So it's sort of the external and the internal there, right? And so my first sort of nugget, and no one will be surprised if they've listened to the podcast, is around belonging, right? Um, because I think, you know, as Astrid mentioned, this idea of creating a space that's welcoming for everyone, to me, belonging has taken on some new dimensions because creating a space that reflects everyone in your sort of orbit, whether that's a classroom, a boardroom, a, a, a Zoom PTO meeting or whatever it is, we're bringing a lot more <laughs> into that space. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have kids running through behind my Zoom or I told Brianne, if you can hear my dog snoring um, and just the emotions that you bring, right? Like, I mean, you and I, Brianne, often are honest. I feel like more than we used to. I mean, we're pretty good at checking in with each other, but like more than we used to, we start a meeting with like, what can we manage today? Right. I mean, haven't we said that to each other? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I feel like that idea of dynamic and belonging is that belonging is not just now sort of how you identify, you know, ethnically or racially or in terms of all sorts of identity, but it's also emotionally and psychologically and sort of even physically, right? Because I mean, we have students who don't want to show their video because they're worried about their space, um, you know, all those sorts of things. So just this idea of belonging. And for me, the takeaway was just, a. I mean, and, and Danielle talked about it. Kristen talked about it. Um, Catherine, you know, Dr. Atkinson talked about it. And my takeaways in that sort of umbrella were around giving grace, like both mm -hmm. to ourselves and to others and, and doing the check-in. And Brianne, I know you've talked a lot lately about how you're, you're sort of, you know, not sort of, you are asking your students, like, you know, today I feel, or, you know, giving these sort of prompts to, to start that off and kindness and embracing and realizing that our standards and old expectations, honestly, I just don't think they work right now. <laughs> right. It's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have to, yeah. Yeah. So it's like the, the, the dynamic nature of the events, the dynamic feelings and adaptability of ourselves, and then all of those sorts of structures and policies and standards that we have, those are just blown up as far as I'm concerned right now. And we're sort of recreating it. So, so I love, and we didn't, I don't know that we did this on purpose, right. But like this, this idea of thinking about being dynamic and then thinking about sort of the role of belonging in there made a lot of sense. So, um, yeah. So I don't know what's yeah. your, what's your second one? Um, well, I guess my second one is kind of my third because I put dynamic and adaptable right. together. But that's right. The third one was intentional. And oh gosh, we, I feel like we've heard this word so much yeah. intention and pivot. <laughs> these, these words that we've just, we've heard, but um, becoming the, the like reason, new I mean, paradigm word, right? Like we used to say paradigm all the time. Now it's intentional. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could come up with a list of, of 2020 words, yeah. unprecedented <laughs> and pivot and all these words, right? Yeah. Um, so thinking about intentionality really made me think back to Astrid's episode. And she said that, oh, I just thought she was so powerful with this. She said that when she was thinking about the Black Lives Matter movement, that she is the learner. Mm -hmm. And one of, her, one of her lines was, how do I foster a sense of belonging 
without the lived experience of those who do not belong. Mm. And that stuck with me so much. And I think the answer is really by recognizing that there's a gap there, recognizing that you want to foster belonging and also that you have not had that lived experience. So therefore we have to learn, right? To, to close that gap a bit. And that's not gonna happen by accident. And that's where the intentionality comes in. So you have to be willing to change. You have to acknowledge that there's there are a lot of things that we don't know. Um, and I was just in a, in a um, anti-racism discussion group with some of my students the other night and we watched a video by Robin DiAngelo, you know, mm -hmm. the author of White Fragility. And I have read her book and I'm sure this was in the book. I, it just didn't resonate with me until I watched the video with the students, but she said that, uh, and D'Angelo herself is white, that she could have lived an entirely white life. So a life she was raised in white suburbs, went to white schools, white churches, um, a white university. She could have had an all white professional experience and nobody would have said that she was missing anything. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that is really true. And I could have had the same, the same experience. Wow. Um, so, you know, there would be no clear loss is what she's saying, mm -hmm. right? And so in that statement, she's also telling us that maybe there's no inherent value in the perspectives and experiences of people who are not white. If we don't think that there was a loss by not having mm -hmm. had exposure to those experiences. So this was like really big and really heavy. Yeah. And it just made me think about the fact that we have to intentionally seek different perspectives and we have to honor those perspectives and work to sustain them because it's not work that is part of the curriculum necessarily. Yeah, that's, um, I, I'm, I'm pausing because I feel like that's something I have to sit with for a while, probably beyond yeah. the, the podcast. That's, that's pretty amazing. It's, it's feels scary to me because I feel like that, I mean, both you and I growing up in a, you know, middle-class predominantly white, that's something that could have easily happened to both of us too, right? Like, um, yeah. And I think that's is, why it alarmed me a little bit. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um, yeah. I, I think I appreciate that, that you chose intentional. I'm actually not that surprised. Um, what I, th when I think about that idea of intentionality, what I have appreciated, I don't know if that's the right word. What I have noticed about the pandemic is that this idea of intentionality has become more paramount to the work that everybody does because mm -hmm. we are still wired for connection. We are human beings that need that connection. We are, we are relational, you know, thinking beings, not thinking beings who sometimes connect with others. And I think what's happening is that necessity is bearing out in this. I got to connect with somebody. I got to, And the only way to do that virtually is to set a meeting, like literally reach out and say, let's meet. And that, that simple act is being intentional because you don't bump into a water, you know, you don't bump into someone at a water cooler. You don't see them at the Starbucks. Like we were talking about earlier, you have to set your goal and you have to set a plan to carry it out. Um, yeah. and what I hope, and for me, what I I'm sort of waiting to see is like, what lessons are we going to learn about what we and our students and friends and colleagues needed with respect to intentionality? And will that carry over into how we teach and learn? Because like, I feel like you and I have been saying now for a pretty long time that students don't just pick up belonging 
and feeling like they're an academic or um, a speech pathologist, like there's an identity development there. And if we Mm -hmm. aren't intentional about what that is, how you nurture those skills, it may not happen. And the sad thing is, and we know this to be true, it often disproportionately affects our students of color and our marginalized students. So now more than ever, we should be intentional to make sure that every student you know, has an opportunity to sort of build those skills because it, it doesn't always happen. It's got to be intentional. So I was, I was yeah. glad you brought that up. And I think uh, Catherine, so Dr. You know, Catherine Atkinson, she yep. shared her insights about that with regards to social emotional learning. So mm-hmm. kind of uh, along the lines of what you're saying, and it really was part of her true curriculum, mm-hmm. uh, not an additive thing. And she, you know, she talked about that need to check in with the students and find out how they're doing. And she was so candid, I thought, when she talked about um, the first day of COVID, when she was just upset and mm-hmm. it didn't seem like that was how she normally presented to her students. And she yeah. thought about re-recording and then thought, no, I'm just <laughs> going to share this with them Yeah, um, and kind of just go there and, yep. you and know, to your it. point. And they loved yes. it. Remember yes. she said, and they were like so happy that she was honest. And I have to say, I think both you and I have also experienced a bit of trepidation about our decision to do something. And then you get that awesome email or someone staying on a little long in the zoom to say, thank you. And it's like, yep. Okay. It was worth it. Right. Like that intentionality and that vulnerability together. I mean, I'm at this point, I'm like, if I can change or contribute to one person, then it was worth it. Like that's, you know, it's to me, it's not a numbers game, right? It's like that individual person. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, well, first of all, I feel very exhausted because this type Mm. of teaching is exhausting because we're just not practiced at it or you are because of um, online, but it's still a different thing. I think even for you who are used to online teaching, because you're not used to online teaching in the context of all the things that are happening in the world. And, um, you know, it's hard to balance like the content and the being there for the student first, like it, it, this all makes sense. I think when you talk about it, but when you actually are like, okay, I have 75 minutes, mm-hmm. the students are like sort of groggy when they get on, how are we going to warm them up? You know, it's just, it's a lot of work. And I think that comes along with this intentionality, but I had a kind of a moment with another colleague the other day, just saying that this is hard for everybody, but we sort of went there just within our particular roles and said, this is really hard on faculty. Yeah. You know, it's, the, the number of hours and the stress and sort of the emotional toll of meeting all the students where they are is, is huge. And I mean, you and I talk and write about faculty well-being and <laughs> yeah. we're good yeah. about, we're good about talking about it. Yes, so we are. We're very good but, at um, <laughs> supporting our students <laughs> and each other. Like we just joked, like, yeah. I'm really good at telling Brienne when she's got to take something off her plate and she's like, yeah, okay. Are you doing that for yourself? Well, maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So but it's good to have a um, conversation anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I love, again, um, you know, it's sort of a segue into the, my next one and I'm going to do what you did. Um, cause you sort of cheated by combining two, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> cause they're related. So if I move from intentionality and think about what you just said, which is doing all this work, especially remotely is hard. Um, I agree. I think it's hard. And the first thing I thought when you said that was, um, yes. And I hope that at some point it'll become more routinized with respect to 
checking in with each other and cultivating belonging and that it'll become easier or more natural. And the other thing I thought was, ooh, that's a really good segue into my next nugget, which was there two of them were doing things differently and can't teach without being a learner. And you had already mentioned, um, you know, Astrid talking about that. And many, many of our guests talked about doing things differently. And we talked to Danielle about how success looks different. And Catherine said the same thing. And what I was thinking, the second thing I was thinking, Bran, when you were saying that about being hard is I think part of the reason it's hard and is because we're trying to do this other work and hold ourselves to an old standard, which was we have all of this content, we have all of these exercises and exams and all these old standards and ways of doing things before the pandemic. And we're like, oh my God, how am I going to get all this done? And what I'm recognizing is I have to start thinking about doing things differently that my students and my friends and my colleagues, regardless of your context, can manage the projects, the work, the learning with a little more of the intentional belonging community work and a little less, you know, maybe, maybe I change an assignment. So it's a little bit, you know, less focused on the assignment and more deeply rooted in the knowledge. Like I, I, you know, whatever, whatever it looks like, but I think the other part of this that's hard is that we haven't found the balance because we've now added, we've made these adjustments. You know, it's like all of this stuff's coming together and I swear we did not plan this, right? It's dynamic, it's adaptable, we're creating belonging and we're trying to add it to an existing structure. And what I think you and I have also learned is, as Astrid reminded us, is like every time, and I think, I'm trying to think who else said it. I think it was Danielle Brand who said, like, I don't ever enter my space as a teacher. I, al- I always have a learner identity. Yeah. And I think what we're doing is we're, we're, start, we're slowly sort of collecting the data and make it, making iterations, which is we have to do that other part differently. So that's reshaping. And I hope that as we reshape that and come out of the pandemic, we'll have this new model that is more um, I never get this word right. In- integrative, integrative, you know, integrated um, mm-hmm. with the sort of belonging and, and, and intentionality around relationships and also the content and skills. Um, so, so being able to do things differently and keeping on that learner identity, I don't think you can do things differently well, unless you're coming to the space as, you know, with a beginner mindset or as a learner. So I don't know. What do you think about that? I think it's, yeah, I mean, I've been nodding here while you're talking. I think it's all true. Um, And I think such a big part of that for me has been inviting the students along. Mm. And, you know, faculty are like, students are sick of taking surveys. I don't mean always surveying them. I mean, talking to them and giving them opportunities in all different ways to give feedback about what's going on and, and making live changes. Mm -hmm. Like I have always been um, pretty strict on deadlines. I'll give extensions. That's not what I mean. But I try to st- stay true to the syllabus because i that's something that students have said that they appreciate is that mm-hmm. they can count on yeah. these things happening when, when I say that they're going to happen. <clears throat> and there's actually been a lot more fluidity this semester mm-hmm. and um, really more in terms of d- um, due dates and deadlines for projects and assignments that traditionally, you know, it might make more sense for it to be due one on a particular week, but students have a lot, we all have a lot 
of real life things happening. Mm -hmm. Like they're caregivers. I mean, just this week, three students told me that they have COVID. Okay. Well, that's, even if they aren't sick, sick, there's a lot going on with that. There's Mm -hmm. quarantine and isolation and family members getting tested, but you know, it's just, it's a lot to manage. So do I really care when these papers come in? I I need them to stay up so that the students themselves don't fall too far behind. So there's a a dance there that I have Mm -hmm. to help them through, but Um, I think just this idea of open communication and flexibility and, and fluidity Mm -hmm. has been key to, to getting this far, (laughs) to getting to November. Yeah. Sort of maybe somewhat successfully, you know, with our students. Yeah. I love that notion of, because when you were talking about your syllabus and the structure, I immediately thought like, it's more of a living, a living document, right? Like this sort of fluid changing. I, I just love that. I think I don't think we've had a choice. Like we were, I feel sometimes like I'm in a corner and I have to change that because my students and honestly me, like I, it's like the thought of, and, and I'll be honest, like I extended a deadline on a paper. I knew that the students needed it, but I also, if I was looking in the mirror, I'm like, yep, I could use, I don't really want to be grading papers this Sunday. I need a break. And so you did it like, and as you said, yeah. some of those deadlines, I mean, sure. The sequencing of stuff mm-hmm. is critical. But like, is it going to kill the course to have it delayed by a week? Not really, you know, and right. and they were really happy about that. So in a lot of ways, as hard as this has been really hard in all sorts of ways and harder for some, um, I think it's really been good that we've been able to sort of think about stripping away and changing and adjusting and and really listening. Like, like, I love how you said this idea of, you know, doing it with your students. And I think always, and I sort of chuckled when you said, well, faculty say that students are tired of a survey. To me, that's a perfect example of the old standard. Immediately faculty are like, well, they don't want to do another evaluation. Right. And I'm like, well, don't do an evaluation. Just have a conversation with them. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of a midterm exam that, that they're doing, it's a take-home exam. I mean, I've, I don't really do these things very often. So we'll see how it goes. But at the end, I literally said, all right, like time to be reflective. And I just asked them a couple of questions about what they've learned in the context of the fall that they think is going to translate to them as a clinician or a professional Mm. down the road. Like, let's think a little bit about, you know, what this is giving us, the skills that we're, that we're taking from this. It's got to be something. That's amazing. And we could spend an entire podcast and I won't, but we could on why just that simple act like has so many ripple effects, right? Like reflecting on the application of your knowledge to the practice, um, creating space for conversation, showing that you trust the students, that you want to hear from them, that they have a say and a voice. And, you know, I mean, there's so much that goes into that simple act. And so I hope, um, yeah, I think we just need to keep doing that kind of stuff and hopefully more people We'll do it. And I'm seeing, I think the other ripple effect that maybe we discount is that the work we do with the people who are in our orbit, I have noticed sort of translates or trickles down to the work they do with other people in their orbit, which I think is pretty cool, right? Like I'll bet you that your students, even if it's not tomorrow, you know, in a year or in a semester, they'll think back to that and try it with, you know, somebody or some group of people, which I don't know. It's pretty powerful. I hope so. I mean, I feel like when I try to think about the ways that I teach and the things that I do, I try to think about, is this something that I would want them to do with their clients down the road or their patients or their family? You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I think we have to model that. 
Yeah. Whatever that behavior is. So right now in this moment, I'm always an action and reflection person, but I just think we have got to put on the brakes sometimes right now in this spin and take a look at what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, I think we had a little bit of an inclination going into these interviews, what we might see. Um, but I don't know about you, Brian. I didn't quite realize how strongly these ideas of belonging and slowing down and some of the things that we've written about, you know, for the past year and, and presented at conferences. And so I think that was really cool. And in a lot of ways affirming, I think the other thing for me was I loved hearing other people's interpretation and it, it really like started to add nuances to this idea, like, you know, Astrid's take and Paula's take and Kristen's three words and um, Catherine, how she talks to her middle school students. I mean, it was just really cool um, to see it, I guess, see it in action, right? Like, what does that really feel like? And so um, I think we had a lot more takeaways that we could have spent a lot more time on, but um, certainly you know, these ideas of dynamic and adaptability, belonging, intentionality, um, you know, doing things differently. And, and this idea of just continuing to be a learner and keep on that sort of beginner mindset. Um, I just think all those themes kept coming through and I'm, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for you, Brianne, for joining um, even in a pandemic <laughs> and everything else that all those hats that are on top of your head, I have that visual in my head and I'm, uh, um, exceedingly grateful to our guests who are willing to come on and, you know, at times be vulnerable and share. And, um, I feel like I've learned a lot and just feel like we have more evidence and, and examples of why this work, um, matters. And, um, yeah, I just, it's been a pleasure sort of walking down memory lane and, while Brienne is not wearing a stocking on her head to scare the crap out of me, <laughs> like my grandmother, nope. um, it's been equally satisfying to, to have this conversation with you. And um, yeah, any last thoughts, Brienne? Oh, just that it's been so much fun. I mean, we always, we, we squeeze these recordings in, right? And <laughs> every time we do, I'm always like, oh God, it's just so great to talk to mm. you and to think about all these things. And it's such a privilege to be on this. I mean, to have started it with your grandmother. And I feel like I sort of learned about your grandmother live, you know, unfortunately when she got sick and everything last year. Um, and then as, as the podcast came to be, and I listened to all of the episodes last year. And um, so it's really pretty incredible to be on it. And I've, I've loved learning from the guests. I've mm -hmm. just loved hearing their voices and their stories because I mean, that's how we think that learning happens best, right? Is through stories and through connection. So to be able to be a part of this and to learn from these people who are all sort of tangentially related mm -hmm. is, is so like broadening, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to see how all the themes, I feel like there's a through line, right. With yeah. all these guests in different ways. So yeah. yeah. And like I said, I've enjoyed it as well. It's been so much fun and I'm really looking forward out of these interviews and, and chats either before or after the, the recording, we've sort of come up with some other ideas. So definitely be looking for, um, we're hoping to do some interviews with some parents around the pandemic. We've been talking, talking to, uh, doc, uh, I was going to say Dr. Lisa Cerise. I've, I've prematurely awarded her doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be there, it'll be there soon enough. But, um, Lisa, who was our sort of our wellness expert who came on the podcast, we have some ideas, 
um, to have her on hopefully in January. So um, yeah, so we have some cool things lined up and we'll probably continue to do some shorts. We probably will be taking a break um, around December just to work on some content and give ourselves a break, but definitely we will pick it back up in the new year. So in the meantime, please, if you haven't already, go back and check out uh, season one or earlier episodes of season two. And if you're listening to us on Spotify or I don't know, all those Stitcher, Apple podcasts, and you have a chance to give us a rating, that would be awesome so that more people can learn about us. And um, yeah, so Brianne, thanks so much for taking time out um, of your schedule. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, and it's been a pleasure. And thanks so much for everybody for listening to another episode of Tell Me This. Have a great day. Your last year. Someday searching.